Thank you for listening to the FBH podcast. For more information about our church, feel free to visit www.fbhanford.org. All right. Well, hey, good morning again. Good to see you this morning. It is a new year, so that obviously means a, a few things. Uh, whenever the calendar turns over and we start into January, you may be a person that's a New Year's resolution person, and you may be a person that says, no, I don't do New Year's resolutions. I set goals, okay? So you're a goal setter. Some people may be, hey, I don't even, I don't mess with that because I don't want to disappoint myself because I'll set a goal for myself or make a resolution, and then, of course, I don't keep it. <clears throat> Regardless of where you might be on that spectrum, the reality is when, we, when the new year starts, there is a sense of hopefulness, of expectation, of saying that this is a new season. So you may say, you know, starting today, I'm going to start eating better or I'm going to do X, Y, Z and, and try to make it happen. And so we know that we do that. And even as Christians, we, you know, we'll make uh, goals maybe in our spiritual life we'll, and, and we'll say, this is what I want to do in 2021. My daughter is one of those people that picks uh, the word for the year. Do any of you do word for the year? I mean, this is a thing. Uh, this is a little bit, I think, a generational thing. I don't remember this being a thing when I was younger. But, you know, so the word might be grace or mercy. And so she'll post that someplace, and, and that's going to be her word for the year. So some people do that. Well, we do know that... Uh, from, from surveys and other things that two-thirds of Christians, when they're surveyed, would say that one of the things that they want to do, regardless of whether it's January or December, is they want to read their Bible more regularly. They need to read their Bible more. And so as we cross into this new year, uh, Peter is going to be launching into this series on how to read the Bible. And it's, it's our intention to try to give you uh, some tools that will help you understand the Bible better. Some of you have been around the Bible quite a bit. In fact, I'm curious this morning, who brought a Bible to church with them? Whether it's uh, digital or uh, actual firm copy, yeah, we should, uh, it would be weird, wouldn't it be, to come to church without your Bible and just expect the pastor to, uh, you know, uh, handle that all for us? It's, this is something we want to kind of keep along uh, our side and, and keep uh, with us. So, you might even be surprised to know that as people start uh, Googling about Christianity, some of the more popular things that get uh, Googled or searched for uh, from uh, related to Christianity, things like what is the Bible, who is Jesus, what is the church, who is God, what is a Christian, what is heaven, what is sin, what is hell, what is the gospel, what is salvation, these are all to the top of the list as people are searching about Christianity. And for, for those of us that have been around church or that uh, might have been a Christian for a long time, these should be, or I would say should be, relatively easy to answer. We should be able to give an answer to some of these things. But these are the things that people are searching uh, for. And so it's, it's our intention to try to give a little bit of a background for wh what the Bible is all about. And, and here's the thing, a lot of us want to lean on the idea that, that we live in a country that is, was founded on Christian principles and that there's an underlying uh, foundation of, of Christian faith. And that may or may not uh, be true. One thing that is true for sure is that even if we want to say that our country was founded on Christian principles, we, I think it's safe to say 
that we have drifted significantly away from that kind of thinking. And there's a term that gets tossed around, this idea of being that we live in a post-Christian world. Because when I was a kid, and I'm, there's some of you that are quite, quite a bit older than I, uh, but when I was a kid, there was this kind of understanding that we were in church. Most of my friends attended, if not weekly, they had a church that they attended, and it was kind of an understood thing. There was a, l- a level of respect that the church had. But I, I can definitely say as time has gone on, it is, it is more and more clear that people have less and less of an understanding of what Christian faith is all about and what, even what the stories of the Bible, stories that we might think everyone knows, I can trust you, everyone, I, you can trust me, everyone does not know these, these stories. And so as we, as we recognize that we live in a world that maybe is not walking in step with us, I, th- I think it reminds us of the significance of our role as people of faith, people of the word of God, to be living out clear, well, first of all, understanding for ourselves what the Bible is all about, and then living out clearly what it means uh, to walk with God and what God's message is in Scripture. So certainly there are times, even for ourselves, when we, um, when we open the Bible... In fact, I want you to think about this this morning. I want you to think about, uh, first of all, we'll start with a softball question. I want you to think about your favorite. When you think of a Bible story, just in your head, you don't have to answer this out loud, but in your head, what's the first Bible story that comes to your mind? Maybe your favorite Bible story. So I want you to think about that. Like, it's meaningful to you maybe from your childhood or it just has special meaning for you. We just come out of Christmas, so it, it might be the Christmas story, but it might be something else. But what's that first Bible story that comes to your mind? And then I want you to think about, okay, well, what have you read recently that was maybe confusing uh, to you or something that you didn't understand? There are, there are lots of passages in the Bible that when I'm reading along, I will, I'll read it and I'll go, you know what, That's, I'm just going to keep going. I'm not sure what's happening there. I'm just going to keep going. And so it's easy just to kind of read past it and, and we'll say, well, I know that, I know that it's got some meaning or it's, it's important, but I don't understand it, so I'm, gonna, I'm going to keep going. So it can be overwhelming. It can be confusing when we approach some of the things uh, in God's word. And so, uh, you know, one of the things that people might even say is as they read through the Bible, they say, you know, I read the Old Testament and God seems kind of like he acts one way. And then we, I get to the New Testament and it seems like a completely different God in the New Testament. And I think people outside of Christian faith would probably agree with that, that there's this uh, angry, vindictive God of the Old Testament and this loving, forgiving God of the New Testament. And it's, it's, they see it as two different people or two different gods. And so we need to understand that as we approach these questions, especially for those of us that would say, hey, we're people of faith, we need to be able to address these and uh, and begin to proclaim clearly the message and the word of God to a world that needs to hear it. So we're going to do our best to do that. During this month, there's going to be all sorts of resources for you. On your way out this morning, uh, if you don't have a Bible uh, reading plan for this year, at our guest services table, there is a sheet uh, there for you. Uh, It will give you a schedule on how you can read through the Bible uh, this year. 
I realize you're already, what, three days behind? But that's all right. That's all right. You can make that up or you can finish three days late. Uh, but you want to be a part of that. If you, uh, it's also available on our Facebook page as a download. Uh, you can uh, download it and print it. Uh, also, uh, later this month on the 17th, uh, we're going to be offering a, a five-week class that's going to go a little bit deeper into how to read the Bible and understanding it in a, in a deeper way. And so that's going to happen on Sunday evenings uh, uh, virtually. It's going to happen online. If you want to register for that, again, there's information on the Facebook page as well as our events page on the app. You can sign up for that. We would love to have you uh, join us as we just kind of dive a little bit deeper in, you know, how can we read the Bible for better understanding? That's my concern as, as a pastor. So I want us to read with a level of understanding of what God's trying to, to say to us. And I, I know Peter's going to touch on this later in this month, but here's one of the things that concerns me, and, and I'm guilty of this too. There's a lot of times when I'm in a group, a Bible study, and I will say something like this when we're looking at a passage. I'll say, well, to me, this passage means blah, 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 blah. And someone else will say, well, yeah, to me it means this. And I, I want us to be real careful that we're reading to get an understanding of what God's word is to us. It's not my interpretation of what the words say, but what is God's message to me. And so it's going to be important for us to understand, hey, who wrote this? What was the situation that they were addressing? And then be, be, uh, begin to pull a message out of it uh, for our own lives. And so... Just want to encourage you to join us along this journey. It's, uh, Peter's going to talk a little bit about how we got uh, the Bible in the first place, uh, the, kind of the history of the Bible, uh, how, how, did we, how did they decide the Old Testament and the New Testament, all sorts of, of good information over the next few weeks. So we would encourage you to uh, uh, join us as we, as we go into this study together. But we need to understand that the Word of God is, is part of God's revelation to us. You know, the Bible talks about God revealing himself to us. And if, uh, if you have a Bible this morning, I would encourage you to find Romans uh, chapter 1, verse 20. And the first idea of God's revelation to us is this general revelation of God. That we look at creation. Uh, for some of you, you, maybe you go into the mountains or you go to the, to the coast or maybe there's a particular place that you go and you just really feel a connection with God and you can sense God's presence. I know when I've been backpacking and camping, often uh, those are times where I really just see God's beauty uh, in the world. Every time I come around that tunnel view in Yosemite, uh, some of you have done that. I've done that many times and it just never gets old seeing what uh, just the massiveness and, the, and the, the incredible creation that God has created for us. And I can't help but think about the fact that God's hand had a role in that. That's the idea of God's general revelation. In fact, in Romans 1 verse 20, this is what it says. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are, are without excuse. So there's a, this idea of general re revelation is that uh, God has revealed himself to us through his creation, through the world around us. Even the vastness of the heavens, we, just, we look at our universe and we're going, it's incredible what God has created, how awesome God is. And so he's revealed himself to us. The problem with general revelation, though, is that it, it stops short of a salvation message, right? It makes us aware of the fact that there is a God, but it does not bring us into a relationship with him, which is what God desires. 
So what God has done is he has given us his special revelation. And his special revelation is this supernatural communication from God that's clearly seen, that the message is clear to us. And I would say the, the pinnacle example of God's special revel, revelation to us is the person of Jesus Christ. That in Jesus, God revealed himself to us in human form. God's special revelation. And to me, this is what gives Scripture its potency and its power. The person of Jesus Christ then brings importance to the Word of God. The Word of God, the Bible, also is God's special written revelation to us. And so we, uh, we can know through the words of Jesus and through the words of Scripture, God's saving message, the gospel message that we, many of us have embraced. Paul even says this in 1 Corinthians. He says, for what I received I passed on to you as first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. So Paul recognized that scripture was pointing us to this gospel message, to this person of Jesus and a relationship with God through what we read there. So that's why we, we, we recognize the importance of God's word. That it is his message to us. You've probably heard it said it's God's love letter to us. This is, this is God's word, his message to us. He wants to communicate with, with us through his word. And so uh, later on this month I'm going to have another opportunity to uh, share with you a little bit about methodology on how to study the Bible. But I will just tell you real, real quickly, one of the things I love to do as I sit down to read is I just say a quick prayer that says, God, would you speak to me? What is it, God, that you want to communicate to me today through your word? And then I will begin to read. It's his desire uh, through his word uh, to speak to us. So this morning, uh, the, the passage that we want to look at to kind of give us just a, a launching point into this series is in Matthew chapter 4. So if you'd flip over to Matthew chapter 4. And uh, this is a, a pretty familiar story in the life of Jesus. This is right after his baptism. And uh, after he's baptized, he out into the wilderness for, for 40 days. Uh, you could read uh, further than we're going to read this morning to get the, the whole gist of the story. But let's begin at verse 1 of Matthew chapter 4. Everyone got it in your Bible? Don't just look at the screen. Open it up in your Bible. That's why you brought it. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said... If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So the first thing that we uh, want, want to understand, and again, Peter's going to land hard on this as we move through this month, is to understand the context in which these words come to us. This is Jesus in the desert after 40 days Without food or drink, it says here he was hungry and then Satan comes to him and begins and, and tempts him with food. And so we, we want to understand not just what's, what's happening to Jesus, but what is, what is God trying to communicate to us through what we see in this story. And as you read through, each time Satan comes to Jesus with a temptation, Jesus responds with a scripture, with a, with a message from the word of God. And so for 
the first thing that we really want to understand about this story is that even Jesus understood the importance of Scripture, that he used Scripture to convey the truth of what, what life was all about. Jesus knew the Scripture. So there are, there are people, uh, maybe even people here this morning, that struggle with, in our modern day, landing on Scripture as an answer for problems that we face. We, we may be fearful that if we use the Bible too much, people will think that we're some kind of zealot, some kind of crazy, you know, person that is, has embraced something that's out of date. They, there may, may be fear that the, the Bible is irrelevant, that it's, it proclaims a message or a morality that is outdated in our modern world. So we may be fearful to land on on that sometimes. And so we want to encourage you that uh, we don't need to apologize for what God's word says. Jesus didn't apologize for it. He's the author of what it's all about. For, for, uh, he's the author of its message uh, to us. So we need to understand that it's okay to say, you know what, this is what the Bible teaches and I'm good with that. And I would, I would add to that, I would, my understanding is if, if God created me and God created you and he created humanity and he understands what or how best humanity will flourish in this world, then I can trust him. I can trust him. Yesterday I did a wedding for a couple and when I do uh, weddings, I, I love to land on this idea that if God instituted something, he did it for a purpose. If God instituted the, the marriage relationship, there's a purpose behind it. And we need to understand, God, what is, what is your purpose? What is your purpose behind this marriage relationship? And as we begin to understand what Scripture teaches about why marriage is important, it begins to unlock some beautiful things about what marriage is all about. And so the, the Bible is full of exceedingly relevant truth for us because it comes from the God that created us and knows what it takes for our life to flourish and have meaning. So we don't need to apologize for saying, no, this is how I'm going, this is the foundation I'm going to build my life on. Because Jesus set the example for us. He went right to the word of God as soon as he was faced with this temptation. The second thing from this passage that we can understand is that there's life in the Word of God. In fact, there's, there are all sorts of metaphors throughout the New Testament in particular of the Word of God being likened to food, right? Paul talks about, I, I didn't give you meat, I gave you milk. Uh, even in this passage, uh, there's this kind of this inference uh, that Jesus says that man is, will not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That, and Jesus himself referred to himself later as the bread of life, right? So there's this idea that uh, there is life to be had here in the word of God. Psalm, Psalm 119 verse 25 says, uh, the psalmist says, I am laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word. And so we see time and time again in Scripture this idea that the Word of God brings life to us. 
Now, this is where it gets a little, can get a little weird, right? I mean, for those of us that maybe are people of the word, we might be able to, to think about a time where we were reading along and we really got a sense that God spoke to us through his word. But when we start talking like this, this is where people outside of Christian faith might begin to think we're weird, right? Like, what is it about this Bible that you, that you think so special? They'll read it and it, it seems just like words on a page or even worse that it's a collection of myths that don't have any meaning or any real historical value. And so that's where we can begin to question like, well, is this word of God what I say it is? And so again, as we walk through this over the next few weeks, we want to unpack this more fully. But 2 Timothy 3.16 says, Paul says that the word of God is, or the, the scriptures are God-breathed. Right? 2 Timothy 3.16. God-breathed. They they're inspired by God. This, this Bible that we hold in our hands is unlike any other book that we possess. I wanted to read to you uh, from 2 Peter. Uh, in 2 Peter chapter 1, this is another important one for, for me when I think about uh, God's word and, and what it says to us. At the end of chapter 1 of 2 Peter, Peter says this, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. I want to read that again. If, if we ever, if, if people come at us and say, well, hey, this is just things that were written by men. Absolutely they were written by men. Each from a different context, a different situation. But listen to what, this, what, what Peter says about this. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Our understanding of God's word is that this is God's Holy Spirit speaking through these men as they wrote what we have now as the Bible. Hebrews calls the word of God living and active. That this is, this is a book that's alive. That wants to change hearts and lives. And does change hearts and lives. It transforms how we think. How we live. There's power in the word of God. Earlier this week as I was finishing up my reading from last year of the Bible. I came across a, a, a passage that talked about the veil being lifted. That when we come to faith in God through Jesus, that this veil is lifted, then all of a sudden the word of God begins to have meaning in my life. And so it's understandable why people that are outside of Christian faith would read it and not really sense its power because the Bible makes it clear that there's a, there's a veil, there's something that's shielding their minds from understanding. And so the Holy Spirit uh, begins to lift that in our life and we're able, able to understand what God is saying to us. And so we know that this is God's word. It uh, does what it says it's going to do. It is accurate. People will, and again, people will start saying, well, yeah, there's been changes. We can address all of these 
these arguments as, as time goes on. There's so many different translations. Why is that? How come this word says this one place and this another place? We can, we can you can with confidence embrace God's word as the truth. Peter has many times over the past couple months even referred to this, this idea that God's word is accurate and true and right. And so we want to build off of that. What God calls sin is a sin. What he proclaim, when he proclaims forgiveness, there is forgiveness. Where he gives life, there is life. Where he gives hope, there is hope. And so we want to embrace the reality, the truth of what God is saying to us uh, through his word. And we want you, uh, as we follow through uh, together on this, that we become people who don't just know the word of God, and this is important, but we're beginning to live the word of God and understand how our lives are different because of what God's word says to us. Because I think often uh, we as a church, we don't take it as seriously as we should. We know it's important, but there's some hard things in here. And so reading for understanding is important, and then reading with a track towards obedience is also important. So it's not just knowing the words on the page. And you may be saying, well, hey, you know what, Jeff, I'm not really a reader. I don't read much, or memorization is real hard for me. I don't memorize. And, I mean, I understand. I, I even recognize as I've gotten older that memorization is more difficult for me than it was when I was younger. But at the same time, I can hear a song from the 80s that uh, comes on the radio and I'm, track, I'm singing along with it. I know all the words. So for me to say, well, hey, I just can't memorize, that would not be completely accurate. But it's not just about memorizing. It's not just about reading. It's this idea that we, we've, we want to read for understanding that, that leads to obedience, right? That we want to live in a different way. And God's word is pointing to us, pointing us to something that is different and new, a new way of living, the way we were intended to live, the way God created uh, for us uh, to live. And so there's a, m many of you may remember uh, Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs, this triangle that, you know, has the most important things, food, water, air, whatever at the base, and the, as it moves up there are, but the most important things were the foundation of that pyramid. Um, and when we think about our Christian faith and we start to think about what's most important for us, and I'll just personalize it and say what's most important for me is that I want to hear from God in my life. And so then I have to ask myself, well, how does that happen? How does that best happen that I hear from God in my life? And the, fir the first place I'm going to go is I'm going to go to the Bible and say, well, you know, God's given me his word in written form. It's right there. And so the more it collects dust on my shelf, the more I'm missing out an opportunity to hear from God. If that's what I want to do, if I want to hear from God, I've got to crack this open and begin to say, God, speak to me through your word. And so that's our challenge as we jump into this uh, new year. Uh, that if we've got a hierarchy of needs as a church is we want to be people of the word. That, that this is foundational to who we are as God's people. And, so it's, and then 
as it goes out from there, as it begins to take up residence in our heart and life and begins to change us, it needs to be become part of our message to the world. That as a church, that we embrace the Word of God, it, it changes our hearts, our minds, our lives, and then we be, begin to proclaim and communicate this message to a world that needs to know the truth that's in the Word of God. Am I right? Is God's Word living and active in your life today? Is it changing your heart and life? And if, if it has and if it is doing that, then I want to encourage you to embrace the responsibility to take this message to a world that needs to hear his truth. Let me pray for us. God, we are so grateful for your word. God, that you, that you uh, desired us to have a relationship with you, so you sent, first of all, you sent your son, Jesus, to be our savior, that through him that we can come to an understanding of this new life in you. And then we're grateful, God, that you've given us your word, that as we think about being people of faith, that you, that you desire to speak to us through your word. And so this morning as we start into a new year and as we maybe have made some decisions and set some goals uh, for ourselves, that right at the top of that list would be that we want to know you in a deeper way, that we want to know your word with greater understanding so that you could speak to us. And so this morning, even if, if you're sitting here this morning and, and that's a decision that you need to make uh, regarding, you know what, I, I don't want to just kind of toy around with this, this Christian faith, but I really want to embrace it as we launch into this new year that fundamentally I want this to be what my life is about. Man, that's our, we're right with you on that. That's our, that's our hope and our prayer for you. And perhaps you're here this morning and you uh, have never even, uh, or maybe you've been considered in a relationship with God, but you've never made that decision. And it really starts with simply admitting that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Acknowledging your need before God. And secondly, that you uh, believe that Jesus came to reveal God in a, in a more intimate way to us. But more importantly, that he brings new life into our life and, that, and then see that we choose to follow him every day. And that's a choice that each of us uh, can make each and every day. So God, we are grateful for your word, for the truth that it uh, proclaims. And as we launch into a new year where we have a renewed desire to hear from you, we pray as we open your word each day, each time, that you would speak to us. Thank you, God, for meeting us here. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning it's uh, our privilege to uh, move into a time of communion. And to, uh, as we do this uh, each month, it's it's really, I think it's important for us to uh, understand that God wants to meet us even in this uh, time. And so we want to give you a moment. The Bible says that we need to examine our hearts before God. And so we want to give you time this morning just to be before God. We'll sing a worship song together. 
And then I'm just going to ask that you would uh, ask God to speak to your heart. Maybe reveal within you some, uh, some work that you need to do there. Get that taken care of and then we'll take communion together. Let's worship. Man, that idea of uh, even the imagery uh, that happens all the way, again, through Scripture, this idea of new life, that Jesus Christ is my living hope. This is, this is, this is fundamentally life-changing, right? This is, this is moving from death, hopelessness, to life and hopeful. This is what Christian faith is about. This is the difference that it makes in a world that is struggling with this whole idea of what is life about, especially in the year that we just came out of. And we have the, the truth from the Word of God of what this living hope is all about. That should give us a new bounce in, in my step as I move into this week, as we think about what's in front of us. And it really revolves around what Jesus did for us. And that's what this communion meal is about. So on that that night that Jesus was with his disciples, he was in an upper room. They were celebrating the Passover meal. They didn't fully recognize that he was becoming that Passover lamb, this, this hope that they had been anticipating through the words of the Old Testament scriptures. They were anticipating this Messiah, and here he was in front of them. And he took the bread and broke it, and he said to them, This is my body broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. And in, that same, in the same way, following the meal, he took the cup. And again, that Passover lamb... It was about the blood that was shed by that Passover lamb in the Old Testament that provided protection, provided life for the Israelites. Jesus said, this this cup is the new covenant, the new agreement in my blood that is poured out for you. Take and drink in remembrance of me. Let's drink together. So God, again, we are grateful that you, you sent us, Jesus, to be that living hope in our life. We, God, we're grateful for that special revelation of his life uh, that, that we see lived out in the pages of Scripture. And God, we're grateful for a word, the word of God, the Bible, that points us to the truth of who you are and how we are to live. So God, as we launch into this new year, as we move into our regular experiences at home, within our neighborhood, at work, wherever we might find ourselves, would we have that recognition of you as the hope for our lives and the confidence that we can communicate, that you communicate to us through your word and that you would speak to us as we move through this new year. God, thank you for who you are. Thanks that you, you speak clearly uh, to us. Bless us as we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.